I'd love to invite forward at this time um, Bethany Nelson and Gretchen Marble, who will be sharing with us this evening. So um, please join me in welcoming um, them as they come on up. Um, I know we've done this for a few weeks now, but I am so grateful to both of you and to everyone who has been um, willing to come up here and courageously share your story and your faith statement. So thank you, thank you. I'm going to give this to you, Bethany. Um, so we just have a little interview, and then um, we'll share that faith statement. So Bethany, could you tell me a little bit about your upbringing? Where did you grow up? Um, were you brought to church or not? How was your faith practiced in your family of origin? Sure. So, um, so my dad's a pastor, so I definitely grew up in the church. Um, and uh, was born in Minnesota, moved around a bit. Um, we had a bunch of small towns in Minnesota. You could call to different churches, and then we went to high school. Well, I went to high school in Duluth, so I got went to the big city of Duluth, which was That's well, a lot bigger. yeah, it is a lot bigger. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, so definitely, you know, church was part of the routine every Sunday. Um, and my dad, he'd read us Bible stories every night. He'd say grace before meals, and um, so. Part of your just regular routine of life was, was faith. Right, yeah. right. Um, so I feel very grateful for that. Um, it just, and just the example I had in my parents and, and in my dad, and um, just was really good to see faith lived out in their lives and, and God's love and, and grace demonstrated in their lives. Cool. Mm -hmm. So when you were growing up, what were your beliefs about God when you were young? And have they changed as you've gotten older? You can do the young part and kind sure. of into that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say like, my belief in God, I never um, kind of, I think, um, the belief of who God was, like I always had a very strong belief in God's goodness and love, and and that kind of stayed steady throughout my life. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I definitely, as I grew up, and you know, there would be questions I'd have and so forth, and you know, um, and so I used to struggle with some questions. I I think I kind of grew to like realize. You're never going to be able to fully answer right. all the questions, mm -hmm. um, and you know why bad things happen sometimes. Like there isn't a full answer to that always. But I think I had, I saw God's work in people's lives and, and like in people close to me, like to a degree that I never doubted God's reality okay and um, and that he you know there is goodness working in this world because I saw it in people's lives in like in a transforming way and so you know I think part of you learn like it's okay to struggle it's okay to ask the questions and and you're never gonna fully maybe solve some of the mysteries in life but you right. can still trust in God's goodness and love and that helps get you through some of the hard times 
So that yeah. constant for you throughout yeah. time has been God's goodness and love and yeah. kind of helped you as you've asked bigger questions. Right, and not be afraid to ask those questions. Yeah. Because even in that mystery, which I don't think you ever fully get rid of in life, like you're always going to have that mystery, you can have that assurance of God being in the mystery and his goodness and love being in the mystery. So you can ask the tough questions and you don't have to be afraid to. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. All right. Um, have you had a transformational moment of your own faith? And if so, would you share about it? And if not, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's been a lot of little transformational moments. Yeah, um, and sometimes I kind of would, I kind of wished I had a big moment, you know, like, if, you know, that I could share it. But it's, it's been more little moments, I think. And... Um, and just learning to trust in God's goodness and, and that he's there. Because there's definitely been moments in my life where I felt very distant from God and, and, and I felt like I didn't have all the answers and I felt like I needed to have all the answers. And, um, and, like, you know, and so just being okay and, and learning, like when I don't feel close to God, you know, that doesn't mean that that relationship and then he's not there for me, mm-hmm. you know. And so just learning how to be okay struggling and maybe not always feeling as close to God as I want to yeah. and still trusting that he's there. Right. Yeah, that's huge. Um, all right. Well, would you share with us your statement of faith? Sure. Thank you. So, Jesus for me is redeeming love, and therefore my why Jesus is because he is the answer to all the pain and brokenness in this world. Jesus redeems us to how we were created to be by showing us perfect love, first by his life on this earth, and then by sacrificing himself on the cross out of love for us. This is not a passive love, but this is a love of action, of choices that we saw every day in his ministry, reaching out to the outcasts, to people in need. And it is a love that does not back down when faced with adversity, with pain, with hate. That in the face of that, it still chooses love, and in so doing, shows us how to do the same. And in that choice, redeems us, redeems the world. When we say that our sin was nailed to the cross, to, that, to me, that means that everything that led a perfect man to be treated so cruelly is our sin, our fear, our lust for power, Every unkind thought, motive, that causes us to hurt one another was what put Jesus there. And yet he still chose love, even to those that sentenced him to that fate. And by that choice, he showed us how to let go of our sin, our fears, and also choose love. The love he demonstrated so powerfully for us. That love calls us to see ourselves and others who are meant to be. Whole and restored, with no fear, because in choosing what we consider weak, turning the other cheek, putting down the sword, and ultimately being led to the cross, he took away our ideas of power, the idea of using power to control others. By facing earthly powers and still not choosing them, to not pick up the sword, he showed their weakness and the power of something greater. And it's by placing our hope in something greater, we can let go of our own fears, insecurities, 
And it is so important to be able to truly love how we were meant to. To not operate out of fear, but of true concern for others and their wholeness. To see them as part of God's beautiful creation. Not someone we need to control, make do what we want out of fear. Earthly power loses its importance. For what, we truly, for what will truly save us is not of this world, the things we tend to rely on so heavily to hide our human frailty, but in the end hurt us all, make us all blind as the philosopher Gandhi said. The transformative power of Jesus lies in seeing what Jesus sees, that our fear of our human fragility, the mystery in life, and our insecurities blind us to, that God loves us so much, that we are his beautiful creation that Jesus came to redeem us to be, a place where our relationship to him and to each other is restored to love as he showed us how to love, to love without fear. That is the purpose of church, to be a place where relationship is restored to how Jesus calls it to be, to learn how to love one another through encouraging each other, building each other up, talking to each other to grow and learn together, and then carrying that love to the world. Beautiful. Thank you, you so much. I think we have a better microphone. Thanks be to God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you for tolerating at the popping. Um, here you are, Gretchen. You know, I'm just going to say a prayer right now. I just feel kind of moved. In. I kind of wish I had started with a prayer. So um, let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks indeed for this evening, for Bethany's story of faith and her um, trust in you throughout the years. And thank you for all of the people gathered in this place. Thank you for Gretchen as well and her um, willingness to share her story. And we ask for your spirit to be upon us as we listen to the ways in which you are speaking to us through our lives and through your work in the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, Gretchen. Am I on? Oh, good. <laughs> Microphones, I just don't like me in particular, so um, it also snows when I come into town, so you know, what, you know who to send away. <laughs> um, so thank you, Bethany, um, and th thank you, Gretchen, for being here tonight and for being willing to share with us a little bit. Um, could you just begin by telling us a little bit about um, your own upbringing, where you grew up, um, were you brought to church, how was faith practiced in your family of origin? Sure. So first of all, my I'm married, and my husband Joe is sitting out there behind Karen. Wait. <laughs> And we have two daughters. Uh, Kelly is 24 and lives in Des Moines now, and Elissa is in Green Bay graduating this year from college. So my upbringing, I grew up in Faribault, where we got Pastor Joanna from, except for I was at Trinity Church, which was a Missouri Synod church, and I went to their parochial school from kindergarten through eighth grade and learned a lot of Bible verses there. There was lots of Bible memorization and recitation, which I find I'm very grateful for now that I have that. And I know when we talked to you, you asked me if that made me nervous. And yeah. when we had to do that, no, because you, you just sat at your desk and you read the verse and then you went up to the teacher's desk and then you said, <laughs> so it, was, it wasn't that hard. But I still find that they're with me today. Um. 
What were your beliefs about God when you were young? So I remember like the Ten Commandments, lots of rules, go to church every Sunday, go to Sunday school every Sunday, um, you know, do everything right, and lots of borders, I think. And I remember the first time I really felt like, oh, there's other openness was when I got to go to camp. And we were outside and singing. I'm like, well, this feels different and more alive than church did. And uh, so I was glad for that exposure. Right. Yeah. So have your beliefs about God changed since you were young? And if so, how? I think more open and a bigger picture of who God is and how God interacts with us and thinking differently about all the Bible stories and metaphors that are in the Bible and, and just women can have a place in the church which they didn't really have in the Missouri Synod Church and so that always bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, well, thanks, Gretchen. Could you share a little bit about um, your work life, your profession, and how that has impacted your faith and maybe been transformative in your faith? Sure. So I work as a music therapist. I work in hospice. So I'm um, going out and visiting people at the end of their lives, which can be anywhere from knowing someone for a year or more to one time together. And so I'm bringing music, and lots of times it's live music, and it's not always hymns. Um, it's lots of kinds of music, whatever people like. But it's been very, very much a privilege to get to share in that time with people. And I remember when I was early on in my job in the first couple years, and people would, when they were getting near the end of their life, and they were very weak, and be singing some music, and their hands would go up, or a hand would go up. Hmm. Lots of people do this. Can they feel God coming for them? And it was just really felt like a very spiritual moment, and it just reaffirmed, like, yes, God will come for us. And so sometimes one of the songs I sing right at the end of people's lives is, um, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. And I'll say, now, when God comes, this says, just raise up your hand and he'll take you home. And then I actually had a person do that right at the end. She lifted up her hand and then breathed her last. So well, that's beautiful. I've gotten to be with, with um, four different people right at the end of their lives when they breathe their last breath. And one, the first one I remember I called Joe right after. And, um, it was such an honor. Her son was singing Amazing Grace to her. And we sang it all the way through, and then there were some family coming in, and my son did this to me, like, played again. And two more family came in, and as soon as he finished the first verse and the second time through, she took her last breath. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, yeah, of course she heard that, and that was her cue to, to go. So it's really been quite an honor. Thank you. Those are great stories. Um, would you be willing to share your statement of faith with us? For now I know in part, then I shall fully know, 
even as I am fully known. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. I believe there is mystery and partial understanding in this life and each of our lives. So today is a partial understanding and belief statement, and tomorrow it might be different. I believe that God is love, and all who live in love live in God. In our Why Jesus White Church class, when we went around the room and made a mark on a piece of paper about what we thought about a statement, did we strongly believe it, did we kind of believe it, did we not know? That was one of the statements that was, that was added at the end, um, love thy neighbor as thyself, the greatest commandment. And it felt like it was this overwhelming response of, I believe that, and I believe that really strongly. So I believe God is love. I believe that God is creator of heaven and earth. And this is important for me because I remember wrestling with the church teaching and um, people who would say, well, if you don't know Jesus, you're not going to heaven, or you got to get there because you know Jesus. And so when I wrestled with that, like, well, not everybody met Jesus because he came at a certain period of time, and there wasn't the internet. So I thought, well, but God is creation. And so if we are connecting with creation, that's one way we connect with God. I believe Jesus is the light of the world, son of God, true God, and true man. And I believe Jesus came to earth to bring us back to God because we had fallen away and couldn't get back. And the miracles that Jesus did were signs of God's power to help people believe. And I remember reading in the case for Christ, which talked about that, that the miracles of Jesus were widely accepted as divine, but yet the teachings weren't. So hand in hand, they were to go together. And I believe in the death and resurrection, and that was for our forgiveness and for all of us and a way for us to be in harmony with each other and with God. I believe in the Holy Spirit, and I believe that the Spirit kind of comes as God's breath. It's our inner knowing, our intuition, our deep sense of peace. And it's why sometimes I feel like we can know somebody we love is hurting, even though we didn't really know they're hurting. Somehow we're all connected by the Spirit. I feel like the Holy Spirit helps me find God in the ordinary moments and synchronicities of life as spiritual moments and God at work in the world. I believe the Spirit brings us together as a holy body of believers, and that's what I find in church. I believe there's this collective unconscious that somehow we're all sort of connected, and that's the spirit. And why church? I believe um, I'm broken and individually we're all broken and collectively broken and so the church sometimes is broken too. But through church I believe that we find a closer connection and relationship with God and when we gather together and worship together that's helping us find that. So church is worship, it's our prayers, our music, our study of God that renews me. And one really important part of Shepherd of the Hills for me and the ELCA is the open communion table. So a while back, Elis brought a friend from school and 
Um, he had gone to a Catholic school for years, but he and his family are sick, and um, the religion sick. <laughs> and so their experience in the Catholic Church was being there and being part of the school, but if they ever approached the communion table over and over, they turned him back. And so when he came home with her and she said, you can take communion here, he just felt so cared about and such a part of community. And he talked about it and talked about it. <laughs> I'm sure went home to tell his mom who also felt hurt by the church. And I think that's for me an example of how the church sometimes has been broken. Um, so we are a body of believers and we are all listened to. Helps me stay on a path towards God and partially understand. And it's also for me a place where I'm known and my family's known and I'm known for a long time by a lot of different people and that was kind of the neat thing too in our gathering was getting to know different people. So love and forgiveness our triune God, God is love, Jesus is the light of the world, and the Spirit is our peace and guidance. And why Jesus, why church? Because I'm broken and cannot know God and be in relationship with God without these. For now I know, in part. Thank you, Gretchen. I give thanks for both of you, um, and thank you for all gathering here today. Those, both of your statements are just really profound and, and moving and wonderful insights into your understanding of God and the way God works in our world and in your lives, and so I thank you for sharing that.